Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Dukes and Bell. Got NFL Blitz coming up, plus more on the Hawks. I'm wearing Carl out today. You know, we talked about this yesterday. I come in, and I get, like, something stuck in my head. And uh, what's that line from the Matrix, Carl? Like a splinter in your brain. And today, it's like everything to me is like Nate. Nate's wearing me out. Nate, Nate. I hear a Nate soundbite, and I really want to punch something. It's kind of having the same effect that Dan Quinn, at the, at the end of Dan Quinn's run, when everything was like, well, obviously not playing up to our standard. We'll get back to work and get some iron sharpening. Like, stop, shut up, shut up. You know, I'm getting to this point where I'm reaching a, I'm reaching a breaking point with Nate and the, and the same old, same old. It's almost like it's like you can repeat the same soundbite every single game. Well, listen, we have our select soundbites from Nate that we play, f- right. you know, periodically on this show. And I told you guys it could be literally from six months ago. It could be from last week. But it all applies, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's us starting slow, we weren't ready, we didn't do enough. I mean, right. it's all the same. Flat. Yeah, cl- cliche phrases. But as far as Dan Quinn, Mike, you know, the, the, the thing at the end with DQ was when he'd come on and we were asking him the really tough questions because right. he kind of felt like this might be it, and he would respond to us, and this was his phrase, well, I recognize the question. <laughs> And we're always like, well, we'd love to recognize an answer. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I want to hear you answer <laughs> yeah, the question. But right. that, that so to your point, yes, because at the end we were both like, ah! <laughs> ah! So, but uh, uh, last night our Hawks lose. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about it. 129-125. They should have won. Like, th- 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 this is right. as simple as it gets. DeJounte Murray did everything he could do. And then you have bogey missing free throws and JC and all that stuff adds up. But we'll get into it and we'll let you hear Nate so we can drive Mike more crazy today. Uh. It's Dukes and Bell. Chris, let's get to an NFL blitz. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. All right, we're not going to franchise tag anybody because we're not in that position. But if your team is, we now know the numbers. If you have a quarterback that you're going to franchise, that number's $32 million. <laughs> Thank you, Deshaun Watson and, and Kyler Murray and everybody else who got the big loot. <laughs> if you're a running back and you're going to franchise tag him, that's $10 million. The franchise tag, guys, is the average of the top mm-hmm. five players uh, paid at that position. So with the cap going up and the numbers going up, this is what we're looking at. Mike, if you franchise tag your wide receiver this year, $19 million. Wow. Yeah, man. No, thank you. Yeah. That's why it's like the, the idea to have a young team built through the draft, and then you augment that with the right free agents and trades, which is exactly what Kansas City and Philly do. And we haven't been able to do that, save for Alex Mack in 16. We've always been jammed up. That's why this year, man, fingers crossed. Hope Fontenot gets this thing right, knocks it out of the park. As Chuck says, go big or go home when it comes to defensive tackles, too, as far as what you're going to spend. If you're franchise tagging an offensive lineman, go ahead and chalk up $18 million. D-line. 
19 million. Mm. A D tackle, like we're talking about the kind we want, right. 18 million. The point is, if you're going to go get Deron Payne, that's your number. That's your starting point. That's your starting point, right? If you're going to go get a guy like that, you, you got to think about where the franchise tag is. If he's a top five guy, this is the range. So that's hey, why these numbers are important. And I know that you, sir, you instigator, you started this Lamar Jackson conversation before everybody was on it. If you look at it, and we were talking to a couple of guys. We're on Twitch, by the way. Twitch, all the cool kids are on Twitch. You can watch the show, check us out, and interact as well. But a lot of guys on Twitch were saying, what would a Lamar contract look? Because you'd have to redo the deal. You'd have to get with his agent, and you'd have to structure some kind of package. You could you could arguably, and you and I were talking off the air, put everything in front and, and, and as far as the signing bonus and to mitigate some of the hit. Yeah. And hopefully you never get back to the point where we're like, I know you, you're having like the flashbacks of the Matt Ryan situation. Well, that was a unique situation where Matt was the only place to move the money. And then Julio contributed to that, and Desmond Trufant's contract. All these things kind of stacked on top. There's still a way to do this relatively clean. Yes, it's going to be a big hit, but there's ways to do it so you're not eating it forever. It's a great point, Mike. And and Matt's it wasn't Matt's issue that the team continued to restructure year after year after year, which ultimately just added more money long term. We kept stretching it out. Right. The term Bo used was kicking the can down the exactly. road. Right. We just kept stretching it out. This is not that. And when you look at the quarterback contracts now, whether it's Kyler Murray, go look at these deals that are being done. You're paying all this money within the first three years. Like the big portion of this, by year four, Mike, you could potentially get out of it if it's bad or they're not playing up to their ability. But, yeah, I'm not concerned with whether or not we could actually make a contract or pay him if it was to come to fruition. I just think we got to look at all these other positions that we're going to need to pay, Mm. and we're not at a spot, thank God, where we're having to pay everybody right now. Pitts is not up, right? You know, A.J. Terrell is going to be one of the next guys, Mike. We talk about cornerbacks. Oh, by the way, corner, $18 million if you're going to franchise tag him this year. So if you think A.J. Terrell is a top corner, guys, that's the kind of money you're looking at. Right. All right. Let's hear from Nick Sirianni, Mike, because he was talking about what he's going to say to his team for the Super Bowl. And he was like, I- I'm not really sure what I'm going to say. I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to enjoy this one right now. And I'll think of what we're going to talk about. But it's probably not going to be all that different than it's been for the last 18, 19 weeks. Um, and so we're going to go out and we're going to enjoy this. But then we're going to get ready for the Super Bowl. One more left. Sirianni was on WIP today, Mike. And he was mm. talking about the makeup of his team. And, and more importantly, they were asking him also about the officiating. And he had to be very careful. Yeah. And he was like, I don't want to talk about it. I can't get into that. But, you know, there are things that we need to look into. I think everybody around the league realizes this was a blank show last week. And I do think, guys, there's a difference between having the best-ranked officials in an NBA. That's four guys. You know, if, and in the NHL, it's three. If you go to, you know, Major League Baseball, there's really no judgment calls. Other than box, everything's either, either it's a strike or it's – and that's on the umpire, you know. And they don't get that right. But, if you know, the extra umpire is down the left field line, fair foul. Not that hard, Right. But when it comes to the NFL, how many of these calls are subjective? How many of these calls are, that's, well, that, yeah, it's kind of passing. Because everyone's going crazy. Like, the Osei hit out of bounds, everyone saw. There were parts of the Chiefs knocking Burrow and other players out of bounds late that didn't get called. The inconsistency. I think a lot of folks, Peter King wrote about it, the idea of having the best-rated, ranked teams of, I mean, the officiating crew. You might not like Jerome Boger, but the rest of his guys and his crew do a good job. They're the ones that advance instead of doing it piecemeal in the playoffs where then you don't have the familiarity or maybe a hesitant to overrule a guy who's maybe been ticky-tack on a call. Yeah, and part of this is, right, they want everything to be called on the field. Uh, Part of it Mm -hmm. is like baseball with the overruling from the sky judge. 
We just got to get it right. NBA can go to review. You got challenges. The NBA's got all sorts of vi- – and they use video probably better than anyone. I agree. I agree. And then the official gets in the camera. The call has been upheld. It looks weird, right? <laughs> right. Because look- you're looking in the camera when the NBA – There was a ticky-tack call last night. Uh, if you are just talking NBA, but there was a ticky-tack call, if you didn't see it on DeJounte, on Damian Lillard, but they upheld it. And yeah. again, he looks right at the camera tells you what's what. Hey, Andy Reid was uh, in Philly 14 years. He was damn good. I know we forget. Five NFC Championship games, went to a Super Bowl. He did not win one. But Andy Reid was reflecting on his time as the Eagles head coach. I had a great time there. So, 14 years, a long time, huh? And um, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the city. Um, uh, they're passionate. They love football. I, mean, I can't wait till uh, Kansas City and Philly clash. It's going to be it's going to be awesome, man. I mean, what a great what a great Super Bowl will be. Yeah. Um, any extra sauce there for Andy Reid? I mean, he, he was there. Some would say that they, they actually probably held on to him longer than he would ever have survived in today's NFL, mm. if you go back. And remember, Donovan McNabb, they had the uh, Patriots, you know, certainly not, if not on the ropes. They, they had a game that was going to the second half, and then McNabb kind of spit the bit in that one. Uh, they, you know, they, they lost, and they had home field advantage, and they lost a bunch of games. Carl having home field in the NFC for years, and that's part, kind of how it came to a head in Philadelphia. And that was part of the narrative with him with Alex Smith. It was Patrick Mahomes that changed how people perceive Andy Reid, if you're honest. Uh, but he's a great guy, and he's still loved in Philadelphia. He just, yeah. got, he just got so They just got to a point where it was time to move on. Um, Joe Burrow was talking about trash talking, and, and I've said this. Slowly but surely, he was and is becoming my favorite quarterback to watch. I have no rooting interest for Cincinnati. He didn't necessarily play well in the championship game, but, Mike, he was asked about the trash talking, and he said, look, I, I respect the Chiefs and their players, but I just think this is what makes football fun. He's right. This is fun. Well, that's why when they went to those stupid rules that the Maras were pumping up, all this, oh, taunting. The, NFL, the average NFL fan doesn't give a crap. Yes, I don't want to pop Warner kid standing over a kid on the ground. And there's kind of things that you understand you don't want to see. But there's stuff stuff you can't pick up on a microphone. Who cares? The fans aren't seeing that, right? Yeah. I mean, does that matter? I don't think so. Burrow says it's all love at the end of the day. They know the respect <laughs> that we have for them. I know the respect that they have for us. It's an intense emotional game. He also went on to say that they're going to come back, they being the Bengals, from this loss. Every loss you learn from, just like every win. And then we'll go watch the film and make our corrections and get better, head into the offseason with extended offseason as opposed to last year. And so I feel really good about the direction that we're headed. You know, we've been in this game two straight years, won one, lost one. So obviously this one hurts, but you know, we'll come back stronger. It's why when the Falcons and the Saints fans talk smack, I love it. Right. Right? There have been years where they've blown us out, we've blown them out. It's, it happens, but it creates a rivalry. And it makes it more intense. It makes it a funner game. I wish we had players that were willing to go out and say, you know, we hear it every year. Yeah, we know how serious this game is. We'll talk about it then. Right. You know, don't be scared. Say something about the Saints. Say something. Hey, we want to go kick these guys' ass, and there's no debating it. Like, let's put it out there. Yeah, Cameron Jordan talks about his former boss and basically says, yeah, Kind of happy for him because he sets it means something. I know this it maybe doesn't translate around the rest of the country. We know you just pointed out how nasty that rivalry is. Hey, more from Aaron Rodgers uh, from his conversation being disseminated with uh, Pat McAfee. Here's the quote today, Carl. It sounds like there's already conversations going on that aren't involving me, which are interesting. Rodgers was uh, saying about the stuff to the Jets. Yeah, because he's got to agree to it. That's the part about that. I mean. Ultimately, they can have as many conversations as they want. They still got to go to Aaron and say, are you willing to sign off on this? And if you want to go, if he wants to go to Jets. But are they, are they going to move him is the question. Mm. And it sounds like he feels like that's the direction this is moving in. 
Last two weeks he's been on that show. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. He said that uh, he'll feel confident. A couple of weeks he'll definitely feel strongly about one of those two decisions. And then there's somebody found a, a soundbite or at least a cut from a few years ago. Man, I really love Nathaniel Hackett. So apparently people are getting continuing mm. to say him going to the Jets lays the foundation, foams the runway for an Aaron Rodgers crash landing with the Jets. Ironic because Brett Favre did the same thing. Brett Favre was doing a, they ran an, a, a great year until he hurt his arm. Maybe tore his bicep. Jets were going to the playoffs with Brett Favre, then he got injured, couldn't do anything. Correct. Vic Fangio to the Dolphins isn't a done deal. At least that's what they're saying. We thought it was. Hmm. Mike Silver of the San Francisco Chronicle says the deal is not done. Nothing has been decided on my end, apparently, is what they're talking about. Fangio obviously served as the 49ers defensive coordinator in the past under Jim Harbaugh. Mike this is kind of weird. If you said he's been hired and he's your guy, then why is the deal not done? Hmm. Is there somebody backing out? What's going on here? Well, that's just it. Uh, younger guy, you know, defensive coordinator. I mean, I said younger head coach. Kind of like what happened when uh, when Sean McVay went to the Rams. It was kind of cool to have an older head like uh, Wade Phillips on that side. So, find you. Look, his lot in life is to be defensive coordinator. Be, you'd think it's a good fit for the for the Dolphins. So, what's I, going on? I don't know. I, I, this is. We'll see. Maybe it's just. Hmm. Semantics, but at the end of the day, they're saying the deal is not done. Vic Fangio had been announced earlier this week, even over the weekend, that he was going to be the Dolphins' DC. Hey, real quick, more social media stuff. I know Peter King and Monday Morning Quarterback was saying you let uh, Brock Purdy come in, you're one A. Trey Lance, you're one B. You guys battle it out this summer and let the best man win. A lot of people are saying, why don't you just uh, you know hold on to both those guys, go call Tom Brady. Yeah, we talked about it on our yeah. podcast today in the huddle about getting Brady because it makes sense. Because guys are under contract, Mike. I don't know if they're going to be willing to do it. What is it going to cost you? It's not going to cost you $40 million. No. It's not. And if you're moving on from Garoppolo, you're saving all that money. So even if – let's just say Tom Brady costs you $25 million. You're ready to win a Super Bowl right now. Why would you not do it? And as some people have said, why don't you take a little bit of a hometown discount time going back to your home in the Bay Area and get some offensive linemen to protect your butt since you can't be touched. It's going to be interesting. It really is. And and it's going to really depend on if these guys are healthy. How well, healthy are they? They've got a couple of decisions to make on their offensive line as far as free agency, too. They're going to have to spend big on their offensive line, which is also going to start taking away some of that cap. If you give up on Trey Lance, by the way, you just gave up on three draft picks that you gave up to get him. That's the problem for the 49ers. Hey, man, it's Dukes and Bell. Priority Men's Medical Centers brings you our NFL Blitz. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. All right, coming up, Mike has had enough. We're going to hear from the coach what happened last night. It's Dukes and Bell. This is Jim Rome with the CBS Sports. It is Dukes and Bell coming up 4 o'clock hours straight ahead, and we've got some stuff for you. Um, keep your hands off my monk, and it looks like that Todd Munkin continues to interview for jobs. He's already interviewed for two. Mike was talking about this at the start of the show as we were talking about what it might mean for Georgia. And listen, if, you, if you're Georgia and Alabama, you're still going to get whoever you want just because of the prowess of the programs. Right. But what if Nick wants the same guy you want? If if Munkin leaves. Yeah, and that's why I'm, you know, a little, little, little worried about this. I just think, you know, things have been rolling so well for UGA. You don't want to break up too much of the team because we've seen Clemson really have to deal with some issues after they lost their brain power. It is one of the great arguments. that uh, You know, how do you, how do you maintain? Are you able to... Continue to spend at this clip. Yeah, Georgia's no reason why they couldn't. They've got the resources. So if it ever came down to Munkin, hey, we'll, we'll throw an extra half a million or whatever it is. I, I, and, again, I can't speak to Munkin about what's his end game at 56. Does he want to have another crack at being a head coach in the NFL? Um, you, you would argue that some guys would say, like my dad said, don't blank with being happy. You're in a pretty good spot at Georgia. 
You know, but then there's the recruiting trail and everything else that comes with that as opposed to just dealing with pros. Yeah, and Mike, here's the, the, for me, it's like, we've talked about this. The money has got so absorbent now, being an assistant. Right. Do what you do well. Like, everybody wants to or thinks they want to be a head coach. I don't know, man. I mean, like, you know, you look at, like, Brent Venables. He was at Clemson forever, right? Right. Made a lot of money. Now he took the job at Oklahoma. We'll see how it, how it shakes out. You know, Oklahoma's going to be coming to the to the SEC, but and when they lost Tony Elliott too, as part of that, you know, that two-headed monster as OC. But but I just think if you told me as a coordinator, I can make two and a half, three million dollars, not have the responsibilities of dealing with all the stuff the head coach has to deal with, right? And I got great players. Right. You're getting great players every year. I, I, and unless it's just old to you, I, I, that's a really good place to be in. And it didn't used to be that way. Guys wanted to be head coaches because coordinators didn't make that kind of money. Coordinators, the top coordinators now are making head coach money. So, anyways, mm. we'll see what happens. More coming up at 4 o'clock on the Dogs. All right, let's talk about what happened last night, Mike. What was the most frustrating part of the Hawks' losses? They lose to Portland last night. If you stayed up mm. late like we did, uh, I, I had insomnia. I, c- I couldn't sleep last night. It had nothing to do with the Hawks. I was just like, why am yeah. I up at 1230? And I'm watching this game play out. We lose 129-125. What was it that was the biggest part for you? Well, Trey didn't play my ankle. Uh, make your free throws. Make your free throws. Uh, I thought of this last night. I said it to Carl. And I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. And if somebody has an answer for me, I'm all ears. I'm literally all ears. Why is in the NBA either you play or you don't, and there's never an effort like in the NFL of it's a wide receiver. Julio, how many times we see Julio was on a pitch count? Julio's getting a blow, right? Julio's on the side. But he played. And if you can get things going and everything lines up, Julio can still make a big play for you. Why is it in the NBA either I can play or I can't, and there's no, yeah, coach, I could probably give you 15 minutes. I'll give you some time off the bench. Why is that a non-starter for players in the NBA? It's not, that's why I'm not, I'm not singling out Trey. I'm just asking you because you've covered the NBA longer than I have. I don't get it. I, I, well, listen, it's kind of always been this way. You're either playing or you're not, right? You're either in street clothes or you're not. There is no um, come out before the game, check it out, I'm in uniform, and then I sit in uniform and don't play. Usually these guys in trade was in street clothes last night. So, uh, Mike, it's kind of always been this way. But I do think it's a valid point, especially coming from your star. If any star in the NBA, if LeBron, he was in street clothes last night, right? If LeBron said, hey, I want to play 10 minutes a night, Darvin Ham's not telling him no. Yeah, I just don't know why that's not even something that's – it's like non-negotiable. Because last night there were some points where, yeah, there were some moments in the game you could have used Trey. Hey, do what we thought was going to happen here. Spot up for an open three. And then DeJounte will get you the ball. DeJounte, an unbelievable night. He and Dame Lillard going back and forth was really special. But, yeah, the thing, back to what you asked initially, missing the free throws. Yep. John Collins missed four free throws in the course of the game. Bogey gets a, a, a three-point foul, and he misses the first short arms it makes, uh, misses two of the three, which is that's, – that's criminal for a guy. I, I was blown away he was only an 84% or whatever it was, three-point – I should say free-throw shooter when you're considered a sniper from three. And then my annual or my – sorry, my, it's becoming a daily beef. I'm starting off the new year with my belly aching about A.J. Griffin. I think this guy needs more minutes. He averages 18.7 minutes for all the games played in January. That means he's sitting for less just under 30 minutes. He's a fa- he's a better defender than Bogey, and last night he was feeling it. He was in a rhythm, and they pulled him for Bogey, who made two threes and misses many. All right, let's hear from Nate. Don't let your head explode, Mike. <laughs> Nate talked about Portland's offense last night. Um, here's what he said after the game. You know, they made shots or got to the basket. Uh, we just didn't couldn't get enough stops. You know, we was able to 
eventually fight our way back into the game, you know, we end up uh, whether getting to the basket or, you know, again, they uh, another team knocks down 19 threes on us. You know, they made their shots uh, when they needed to. Yeah, because you had nobody's hand in their face. <laughs> I mean, Simons, is that the kids, right? Is, is yes, it? Anthony Simons. Yeah, he didn't get enough stops. Yeah, I no. mean. <laughs> I'm looking. So, and by the Stop, way, Chris. there's a sequence, and I tweet, I texted you last night because you were both up like idiots watching this. But there's a sequence where they, it's one thing if you're going to collapse on the ball handler, then collapse and commit. DeAndre Hunter's in no man's land and then mm. does the, and then way and tries to run at this guy and he's bombed. That's the three that made it with like, like one second left on the 24 second clock. Our perimeter defense is not existent. Well, Nate wasn't finished because he says <laughs> we have issues finishing games like this. Yeah, well, I, I thought we did some good things. You know, we uh, did a good job of, of fighting our way back into the game. Uh, we only had, what, seven turnovers, uh, you know, during the game. Uh, we got to the free throw line 30 times. We were aggressive uh, attacking uh, the paint. Uh, you know, we shot a good percentage from the three-point line. It just comes down, you know, we talk about the the, the importance of every single possession of a game. It matters. Uh, you know, tonight, uh, you know, we didn't finish, and they did. I mean, and he said it. I mean, they uh, they were 24 of 30 from the stripe. Clint Capella made both his free throws, and John Collins misses four. Their finisher's better than ours. Right. You know, we didn't finish. Guys, hey, yeah. Dame Lillard hit 17 for 17 free throws. He didn't miss. Their finisher is better than ours. This is what we've talked about with having Trey on the floor. Now, is that different last night? Because Trey's a hell of a free throw shooter as well. But when your star doesn't miss a free throw, Mike, and controls the game at his pace, the play before he mm. kicks it to Anthony Simmons, he went whoop, right past everybody and laid it up off the glass, and everybody watched yeah, it. Yeah, watched it. And then he came right back and did the same thing, except this time when everybody collapsed, he said, Anthony, here, you hit this wide open three. Ball game. Their closer is better, was better than ours. Now, DeJounte Murray made all nine of his free throws, goes for 40, and uh, he had zero turnovers last night. I mean, he balled out. That's why I was asking the question to start the segment about could Trey have contributed at some point, and apparently the answer was no. All right. Nate wasn't done because oh. he was talking about Dame Lillard. Uh, again, guys, he's a legitimate superstar in this league. It's not even close. He, he's been this good for a very long time. It's unfair because he's been to the Western Conference Finals and done some special things, not been to an NBA Finals. So you look at that and you look at the resume, but Dame is he's just on another level. I mentioned this, five 40-point games this month. Here's our coach talking about Dame. Damien was hot with uh, single coverage. Uh, you know, he did a good job of getting the ball out. They did a good job of moving the ball and knocking down shots. You know, that's what you do or should do uh, when teams are double teaming. And, um, you know, when uh, we didn't uh, take the ball out of his hands, he was pretty productive, you know, getting to the free throw line 17 times, making all 17 free throws. So pretty productive. That's a great night. <laughs> I mean, pretty, pretty productive. Like he got to the line six times, seventeen yeah. times. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of stuff Trey can. Well, again, I can't. Sorry, Trey couldn't play. But uh, yeah, it's you know it's what stars do. They get to the stripe. They get the call. <laughs> you know, we didn't finish. Mm. All no, right. No, we didn't. I mean, but I'm just. I, and then you throw in the, the big question: of What are they going to do with the trade deadline? What are they going to do? Look, it depends, on, it make depends this on this road trip. If you lose to the Suns, you lose to the Jazz. I'm not wishing it. I'm just saying it's very possible you lose to the Nuggets. All these are good teams. Okay, you lose to the Pelicans. 
And then you come home, trade deadline day on the 9th of February, and we're playing the Suns. Are you a buyer or a seller? That's just it. I mean, because all of a sudden, Mike, you're under 500 by maybe four or five games. But you're three games in the loss column from being in the guaranteed playoff position, mm. you know, at the sixth seed, you know, and then you're playing the Sixers, who we know we can hang with, you know, at least I thought we could. So, I mean, it's just, it, that's what makes this so aggravating. Right now, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Nets. Cleveland is actually starting to really stretch their legs. They're 10 games over uh, 500 right now. But so we'd be shooting for that sixth position in the Heat. Yeah. Who may go and make some big moves. You probably Jay Crowder. They're looking at some other pieces, too, with the trade deadline, supposedly. All right. What do you guys think? 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Text us. Tweet us. Hit us up on social media. Um, we have Falcon news we need to report, and we will. And we're going to tell you the latest on what's going on with our Falcon football team when we come back. So stay right there. Yeah, man, no man's on the way. We'll find out what Bo Morgan's talking about. Lots to get to here on a big Tuesday on Dukes and Bell. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, it's official. Falcons have finalized a deal with Jerry Gray to join the coaching staff. Mike and I just talked about this earlier in the program. Right. He was with the Green Bay Packers. He coached with Coach Art back in 07, 08 with the uh, Washington team when they were there. So he's back with Arthur Smith, but he is going to come in as uh, with the title of assistant head coach slash defensive um, backs coach. The reason why, guys, is you can't in the NFL technically a lateral hire, okay, so you have right. to up – the title, oh. and that's how that works. So he couldn't come here and just be a DB coach. He's coming from another team, so you give him the title of, again, and it, it affects his pay, but head coach slash defensive backs coach, Mike. I also read he'll be defensive back slash brand manager. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot going on there. But listen, you got to fill out this staff. Thank you. We are going to hire a new linebackers coach, a new D-line coach. That could happen in the next few days, but this is kind of on the radar, and we give credit to Arch. Arch said, listen, he had heard some things yesterday when he came on the show. Go back and listen at Odyssey.com, and he was like, Jerry Gray, maybe a possibility. We'll see, but now it's been finalized. So trying to fill out this staff for our Falcon football team. Okay. I mean, as we said, uh, the Packers defense, we do know. Remember we were talking about ideas where if we did stay with 3-4, what would be teams we'd work with because they use a similar scheme. But, again, it doesn't really matter because you're in the nickel so much. But – He's got a good rep. If you, if you Google him, you can check out where he's been and what people say about him. All right, let's get to Yeah Man, No Man. It's time for Yeah Man, No Man. Kind of makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down. Seems like they should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. He's six foot one. Not really. From Florida. Kennesaw State. And gives rapid fire questions. <laughs> it's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Bo Morgan. 
you by the W Sauce, America's Worcestershire Sauce, bigger, better, bolder. All right, Bo, happy Tuesday. What's happening today with you, my man? Not a lot. Um, you know, just trying to get through this uh, dense fog, apparently, that we had <laughs> half the day. That was, uh, it, it was, look. I don't want to be uh, John Fricky on you, but the fog can be an issue. You need to be careful out there when you drive. Wow, what was Fricky saying this morning? Well, yeah, yeah, you, 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 with the fog, you, you, you'll have a multi-car accident. Okay. I, I, I can only imagine driving from, where is it, Ackworth? Yeah. Yeah. Cartersville. Yeah. It's in it, the mouth. I'll tell you what. 18-wheelers exactly. are jackknifing. <laughs> I, I drove in from wow. Barry College. It's, 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 by the way, as <laughs> safe as Fricky, Fricky's very... He's very safety conscious about driving in traffic. Yes. But if I ever hear the words Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Davenport, mm. twenty million a year in the same sentence, who said that? He did. I almost drove off the no, road. I, I, I think it's a given. I mean, this. By the way, first Stop, off, people. I don't want Davenport here. Second, it's it's ludicrous. It's it's it's, it's hey, unbelievable hey, hey, to think <laughs> that that Marcus Davenport would would. Could demand twenty million a year. I mean, you talk about overpaying. Yeah, you don't overpay. I'm just telling you, brother. <laughs> I got a feeling. I just, I'm just. I mean, look, you don't you, overpay. You, average you're players. right about Mark. You've been right, but it'll be so funny when we're up there. I said this yesterday at the end of the show, live from Flowery Branch, Duke's Bell. We're catching up with Marcus Davenport. It's not, it's not happening. It's not happening. There are better players mm. and better ways to spend our money. So, I, listen, and John. Right. And by the way, that is the going rate. I mentioned this yesterday when I was laying out why I don't want him. Right. $20 million is what they're talking about because Mike mentioned this. The market is not uh, its not what you think it is when it comes to pass rushers and edge rushers. Right. So you, not you, but teams are going to overpay for guys like that, Mike, who right. are average because of what the market is. It's just he's going to get way more than he should. Well, I don't think it fits what they want to do here. If they mm. want to run the 3-4, which is what I've been led to believe that they're going to do, even with Nilsson Hare, Davenport's is about 6'6", 270. Um, he's not going to be standing up Bum. a lot. And he's not athletic like a Lorenzo Carter or, you know, Lorenzo Carter is, what, like 15, 20 pounds lighter than that. So right. they don't do the same things. He would he would basically come in and, and play kind of uh, that edge on, on, with his hand in the dirt, but that's not what they want to do here. So it doesn't make any sense to me. And by the way, definitely not at twenty tell, million. Tell Fricky that, will you? Well, look, I I, 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 I just hope that Davenport doesn't come from the north because you're coming to those mountains and the fog <laughs> and, the, and the rain. No visibility. Well, no, that's a convenient. Narrative. And then we, you know, we come on, you know, coach. you know, we would pair Marcus Davenport with who? Taco Fall. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. Oh, that would be the attraction. <laughs> I remember that. Well, we ever had and more way, fun. We love Fricky, but sometimes, like all of us, and he gets he gets his he wraps his head around some harebrained schemes and he locks in. All right, I got a cool. Uh, speaking of Fricky, uh, you know when you think it's Fricky, you always think of throwbacks, right? So I've got one for you. Phil Mickelson um, met with the uh, media in Saudi Arabia on Tuesday, and um, he had spoke with um, Bob Harrig, Sports Illustrated, friend of the show, earlier in the week, and he had told. Herrig, that he was down to his college weight. Well, when he met today with the media in Saudi Arabia, or earlier today, he um, he looked very skinny, almost mm. like Tom Brady beginning of season skinny. Oh. And he said he was down to his college weight. And I started thinking, this would be a fun question for the show, right. what was your college weight? <laughs> now, here's the thing for us. Here's the thing right. for us, because for me, the college weight as a freshman – and the college weight as a senior, right. six years later, 
don't worry about the years, was quite different. Okay. So I would say, what was, uh, about the time you left college, what would you say your weight was? Oh, the time I left college. Uh, it was around the same. Uh, I'm going to sell you it was 225. 225. Mm. I, was, I was 160, 165. I didn't get fat less. I stopped smoking. And again, for you mm. kids, that's not the greatest advertisement. Did for you smoke smoking. in college? Yeah, I smoked like two packs a day. Okay. And I smoked okay. for seven years. Okay. So yeah, that's and I stopped when my dad, not to get morbid, but again when my father passed away because he was a smoker and everything. I yeah. just I quit cold turkey and then got a little bit bigger. That's when they moved me on the inside in rugby. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, you're going over here. Yeah. So I got So my senior year of high school and the senior night at, in this uh, our senior night of soccer, I was 130. Hmm. But I think I think uh, most of college I was around 145, 155. Now, what happened to me was is when I started interning, Mike, at the yeah. old station in my internship, I ate a lot of bad food. Like, Willie Salucci would bring in um, cheeseburgers every Friday morning. Cheeseburgers? And from the oh, Palm. And Bloody Mary's, too. It was, Carl, it was amazing. And cheeseburgers? So, by the time, by the time uh, I was working with Mike and Pollock, I was about 100 and – well, right, right before that – I had probably got him like 185 pounds. Yeah. So that's as big as you had ever been. Yeah. Okay. And it was it was big. But were uh, you happy? No, I wasn't happy. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Let me tell you something. You guys, you guys want to know the truth? You know my come to Jesus moment. What was, was your come to Jesus moment? It was moment? Uh, SEC championship week in 2009. My buddy gets married in the spring of 10, right? And yeah. I was uh, I was in the wedding, and he said, "Hey, will you come on and try the tuxes for us so we can get a look at what we want to go with for the color scheme?" I said, "Yeah, no problem." So his, uh, his fiance at the time goes, why don't you go ahead and get fitted? And I go, well, I don't know if I want to. No, go ahead. It'll, it'll save you time. Mm. The girl was pretty hot that was uh, doing the measurements, and I said, please don't say my measurements out loud. And she didn't, and she whispered them, and I, I was – Mm. I was beyond embarrassed. Yeah, I realized oh. right you were like, then. Damn, I'm really big. Yeah, I was like, okay, wow, I'm huge. I yeah. didn't realize it. No, yeah. seriously. No, I get it. You, you have those. That those was my come mind. to Jesus moment with myself, yeah. and I was like, all right, you've got to fix yourself. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. No, I remember. Uh, was it you or was it Matt, our old producer, uh, when the Final Four was here in Atlanta, and they just set you up at the World Congress Center, and we had Rick Majerus on the radio, the former Utah coach, yeah. who was very heavy set, and Rick was running. He had to get from. <laughs> World Congress Center to CNN for a shot on, I guess, headline news or something. And so our producer had to run with him. And like, and Rick Majerus is trying to huff it through, you know, get past people. He's a and big everything. boy. Yeah, he was. And, and our producer at the time was like, oh, I got I to gotta lose some weight. Like, you got to lose some weight. Rick Majerus is like 200 pounds. <laughs> but the funniest thing was Majerus, he's got to get to CNN, and they're running through, they're running through the World Congress and goes, oh, look, candy happens. <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> the dude stops. And Rick Majerus, imagine, wow. that'd be the messiest thing you could eat. And he's trying to whoop down a candy app while he's running to CNN. God bless him. He's up in heaven now, but he's a big guy. Oh, he, he was. was awesome. And he was yeah. a good coach. Bo, here's the deal. And I can say this. It's Dukes and Bella Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. If you had weight issues in your life, and I have, you know that your weight mm. fluctuates, and there have been times you look and you're like, damn. Right. And to Bo's point, sometimes, you know, you're like, all right, I got, I got to get after it. I got to do something. I ballooned after, to Mike's point about his dad, after my dad passed away, mm. I like ballooned as big as I've ever been. And literally, I lost 80 pounds in mm. like eight months because I had to, because it was like unhealthy. So you never know. But yeah, all man, right. college weight, I, if only I could go back, Bo. If only I could go back. Oh, dude, Chris, college weight? Ooh, man, my glory days were probably around 21 to, like, 24. Mm -hmm. I was hitting the gym every day. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I was in pretty good shape, I'm not going to lie. And now uh, we're fighting the uphill battle to get back here. I'll tell you what killed it. What's that? Two years working the overnight shift. Oh, right? I didn't terrible sleep. habits. Terrible habits. I, my, my eating went to crap. My yep. gym routine went to crap. And it's been an uphill battle well, ever since. You you put on some weight. We all do. You, get, you, got, you had a, a traumatic time when you didn't make the cut for Jersey Shore. You're not wrong about that, Mike. You know what? You know what they said. Snooky, Snooky. Yeah, they said you either date Snooky or you're not on the show. And I said, you know what? That's where I throw my hands up in the air, boys. Wouldn't that be something to see what that audition was like for Jersey Shore? Bunch of jabronis all doing 25 pound curls. Some guy shaving their arms, Carl. A little more Aquanet in the hair. All right, Mister Dar- Mister Bartolucci, come on in here for your audition. Oh man, um, real quick. <laughs> The NIL stuff and the transfer portal has been uh, something we've talked about a lot. Nick Saban recently talked about that they they lost 10 players to transfers in the portal. He says, we lost 10 players and one starter to the portal this year. One of them wanted 500000 and for us to get his girlfriend into law school at Alabama <laughs> and pay for it. Wow. I showed him the door. Mm. So the starter that Alabama lost um, was – Javion Cohen. Um, there's no indication if he was the player that Saban was talking uh. about. So we're not going to say that uh, Javion was that player. But Cohen did end up transferring to the U and immediately received an endorsement deal. <laughs> of course. You can't spell scum without UM, Carl. <laughs> is, this, uh, is this more? Is this, is there's this, some bad people down there, but we know that. So is this just more of how bad the portal a- has become yeah, and how, how badly we need some kind of mm. guardrails? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, but again, no, no kid should be able to come in and, and demand anything when you've not played a down and you're talking about paying for my girlfriend's law school. No. Get out of here, kid. Are you serious right now? Like, the problem with the portal is that kids now, the, the, they have the power. The, it's switched, right? And now I can go in and demand these things and Bo. To your point about he leaves, and, and allegedly if it's the same kid, and right. goes somewhere else and got probably what he wanted. Now, the question will be, only time will tell if this, uh, this person, whoever it is, pans out. But I, I think there's some correlation with some of these guys being these big pain in the butt, four or five star guys. The guys were remember the guys who were dipping in and out of Kevin Sumlin's program at yep. AM? Yeah. The guys who signed with Jimbo for all that loot. There one's coming to Georgia, but one transferred out. Some of these guys, I'm not saying they got character flaws, but their priorities might not be in line with your head coach like a Kirby Smart, and those guys will get weeded out. So again, it all sounds great. I know that name image likeness is is a darn shame, but the NCAA dropped the ball, so here we are. But I do think some of these guys, you're trying to pull that kind of crap. I I, I think there'll be some karma and fate involved in your outcome well I, I think the coaches there are two coaches I know Kirby and and, and coach you know um uh Kirby uh, Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban they can tell any kid in the country this is what we have if you don't like it you can leave well and they're in a unique right. position a lot of coaches Bo can't and so then they find themselves mortgaging everything to try to get one or two five stars because they absolutely need them they're not in that position, and that is, I think, the uniqueness of Kirby being like, hey, that's what he said. I want kids that are right for the program. What he's telling you is take it or leave it. This is what we got. Right. If you don't like it, then you keep it moving. For you guys, I suggest starts with an A, ends with an N. Auburn. <laughs> well, this, this is the problem, too. You know, you have, you have the collectives and the, the, the boosters, and, and they're running the show now because of the money. Mm. But, um, you know, the other thing is, and I'm not saying this is all parents, so if you're a parent of a high school student who's a recruit, don't take this – but there are some people in these kids' lives who are telling them, you need to ask for this, you need to get this, they're paying so-and-so this, you're worth it. And unfortunately, 
it's not always the case. And then you end up like, and I'm not blaming, I've heard great things about Jaden Rashada, who was the kid from Florida. I've heard he's an amazing kid from people down right. there who dealt with the situation, and they said it was Florida's screw-up. But the pro- bottom line is, Dad is leading this search, and it's turned into about money and not where the kid wants to play. And that's not, that's not always what's best for the kid. But I'll tell you what's best for you. The W Sauce mm. from uh, America's Worcestershire Sauce. It's bigger, better, bolder. So get over to WSauce.com, find a retailer near you, and our friends at the Georgia Hemp Company. For all your Valentine's Day CBD needs, get over to the Georgia Hemp Company and the GeorgiaHempCompany.com. Use the code SQUIDBILLY10, 10% off your order today. Turtle, hit my college weight music. Very nice. I miss the good old days, Mike, where you just dropped a brown bag off on the porch. <laughs> Coming up, does he want to stay or does he want to go? The Falcons make a hire, and uh, a guy that we had talked about maybe being with the Falcons may end up on the West Coast. It's all coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.